Now we're becoming the bridge, bridging the gap between the homeless and the society, coming together into one, celebrating Jesus' birthday, so people will come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, and it touch the lives of the homeless, same time the lives of the volunteers. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Biggest Breakthrough podcast. Listen, um, as you always tune in, you hear Todd say, lean in, listen well. Well, we really need you to take that to heart on this episode. We need you to lean in and listen well, because honestly, the audio is not that great, but the message is powerful. And so we couldn't not play this episode. So we just want to make sure that you know ahead of time that the audio isn't the best. It's not our normal standards, but it is such a powerful message. You don't want to miss it. So just to give you a heads up, but enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isberger. Yes, you are. And we're so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Uh, this episode, or actually this entire podcast, is part of the Spark Media Network, and it can be found on the Edify app, Pray.com, uh, KHCB Uplifted Streaming, and wherever you're probably listening, because we're on many platforms. Mm-hmm. But we just are so excited to be here with you today. Yeah. You know, Wendy, uh, this is probably going to sound out of context, but I, I want to go somewhere with this. You know, I, uh, I, I mean, I almost hate to admit this, but um, I've had certain judgments on people in the past. Well, that's really that's random. Not, no, it's not, like, it's not like it's not regarding race or anything like that, but in terms of their, their level of getting stuff done. Oh, ha, ha. Yeah. that's, that's funny. You know I mean? Yeah, really? Yeah. Are, are you sure it's a past judgment? Because uh, the other day yeah. you and I were having this conversation yeah. and you were like, look at all the stuff I got done on my checklist hey. versus uh, mine. It didn't quite match up. Here's the deal. I, you know, I get things done. It's what I do. It's what I do. But I, I promise, uh, look, I'm not going to judge you anymore. Uh, you know, your checklist versus mine. Yeah, okay? sure. All right. I'm all, all right. done with it. You guys have heard that here. He's not going to judge me anymore. But here's the good news is today on this episode, we also have someone that gets stuff done. Big time. But she gets things done because her faith is so grandiose that I know God cannot help but pour out his favor on her and her ministry. She has a kingdom checklist. Yes, she does. <laughs> and she is my dear friend. And I'm just so excited to have a Susie Jennings on the show today. She is president and founder of Operation Care International, where they serve the lost, the least, and the lonely from Dallas, Texas to the ends of the earth. And she has a um, a show called uh, By Faith, Hear, Believe, Move with Susie and Mike. And so she's so much more, but Susie, come on this show. I am so excited to finally have you on your biggest breakthrough. Hey, Susie, welcome. Oh, I am so excited. No, I think you're excited all the time. You've just got that kind of attitude, that smile, and that personality. Like she's always excited. Well, I yes. think we need to do that. We need to encourage each other and um, just bring positive uh, thoughts and words that would uh, bring glory to the world. 
Yes. Amen to that. Well, you certainly do that. Every time you walk in the room, you are a ray of sunshine. And um, I've known you for years and years, and I have heard your story, but others need to hear your story. And so let's let's talk back kind of beginning pre-Jesus, if you will, or or when things started to shape up in your life. And let's just kind of put it out on the table because I know your story is going to inspire so many. Well, I, my story started in my mother's kitchen. I grew up in the Philippines, grew up in a Christian home. But uh, I got saved in the Philippines when I was 10 years old. Uh, I got baptized there by my godfather, who was our minister. After that, uh, when I was 10 uh, years old, my mother used to feed the homeless in her kitchen. And they ate my food, occupied my space. So I did not like any homeless people. The, wait, wait, wait. Your mom would feed the homeless wow. from her kitchen and they would take food off your plate. Is that what you said? In a way, I was thinking they are eating my food. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have some food that I could eat, but in a way, they are just a pest for me and they occupied my space. They were not supposed to be in my house. <laughs> right. So, and also one of them, uh, she was schizophrenic. She was mentally ill. She slapped me. When I was 10 years old in the marketplace. So, you know, I did not like any homeless people. So you had all. some judgments yeah. on homeless people. Yeah. yeah, because I experienced a slap. I mean, I was just a little girl. I was sure. in the marketplace and I was not doing anything. I was just standing there. And the mm-hmm. homeless woman who probably thought I was familiar, she came to me and they just slapped my face. I was 10. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I guess in some ways you could say, well, can't blame you. You know, they're, right, eat, right. they're eating your food and they're slapping you in the face. <laughs> so that was the, that was the beginning experiences with the with the homeless that your mom was feeding. Yes, not knowing that one day God is going to use that experience hmm. to radically change me, because uh, I came to America, Baylor Hospital, hardness and nurse. So I came to America when I was twenty five years old. Then I went first up to Dallas, and then I met. My uh, late husband there, uh, first Baptist, just four months after I arrived in America. Oh, wow. And where did y'all meet, by the way? At, at first church? Baptist, Dallas, at ch- okay. Baptist, ah. Baptist, the evening's worship service. Uh, what happened was, um, he was my classmate in Sunday school, in singles class, and then when we got to the auditorium, uh, I was uh, with my friend and also his friend, but we did not really know each other. And so while we were sitting next to each other, uh, we started singing hymns. Uh, David, that was his name, was interested in why I memorized all the hymns that were being sung. So he asked me, he said, how did you memorize the songs? Where did you come from? And all that question. <laughs> oh, I'm from the Philippines. And by the way, we used to sing hymn now. <laughs> oh, that's broad man him now. That's the same thing that we were using here. Oh, so that's my. why I memorized the song. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. But he was impressed anyhow. Yeah. He was impressed. And then we dated 13 months and then we got married. And then three months after that, uh, he was diagnosed with severe um, a chemical imbalance that caused severe depression. It's called serotonin deficiency. Mm-hmm. And he became, I, he was, uh, he became really, uh, Mm. Uh, 
have a new life. And we did not know where he went. For one whole month, and David was um, uh, missing. And I still did my job as supervisor of recovery room. But nobody knew I had my husband missing. And nobody, even my whole family, I never told them that my husband was missing. So I didn't have any but guess what? In the whole month that he was missing, I would read the Bible. I would read Psalms chapter by chapter. And then God gave me a verse in Psalms 30 verse 5 that said, Weeping in good for night, joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. That was the verse that carried me all the one month, 30 days. So he was missing March 9, 1993. And we found him on April 8, 30 days later in Atoka. was not Dallas. He just disappeared for one month and his car was found by a farmer. In Atoka, and then they reported that the car was found. And then we went to Atoka to locate him. The car was found, but there was no David inside the car. So we went there myself with three masters and the detective and my father in law went to the hills of Atoka, like a hilly part of Atoka, because that's where the car was found. Hang on, Susie. We're getting some uh, feedback here, and we're we don't want to miss what you're saying, but uh, we're not able to hear That's you. Right. So we just want to make sure that we don't miss this part of the story. We found his uh, car there, so we went there, and then at twelve noon, I heard a shot, a gun mm. was fired. Okay. Uh, and then I said, "That's a signal," and then we went to where the gun was fired, and then we saw the police running from the hills. He was screaming. He said, I found him, I found him. And he said, I think I found a body. And I think it's him. So I felt uh, like the world crumbled. Then, uh, um, so we went where the body was, and it was David. So David shot his head, and he had been dead for 30 days. He was a oh decomposing corpse. Oh, he was wow. old dead. He, was, he disappeared March 9th, and he was found in April 8th. And then after that, we, we took his... Uh, we took uh, his car that was found. And I remembered my pastor drove my, the car that was David's car, drove home to Dallas. And then I, I was at the back, uh, back seat and I was singing hymns. Mm. The same hymns that was sung when I first met David. Oh, wow. How wow. great the heart, greatest that faithfulness, and it is well with my soul. Mm. So I memorized the songs, and I remember that. So when I was at the back, so that was just meaningful. That uh, that was the how we met, and the Lord reminded me again. Mm. David was saved by the way when he was a little boy, except for Jesus, it's not saving, but it was a mental illness. It was a mental illness. Yeah, I think it's just amazing though, Susie, that you, you know, you chose to continue to to worship God and to praise Him and to thank Him and to trust Him during that absence where you had you had no idea where your husband was. And rather than just, you know, kind of sit and worry and fret, although I'm sure the pain was deep, you continued to pray. And I think that's just a real, you know, a real inspiration and encouragement for all of us when we're going through things and we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, you would say, stay close to God, keep praying and keep trusting. And even after you've discovered that, you know, the horrible thing that had happened, Inside your spirit, God lifts you up by having you sing those songs. I, I just think that's amazing. It is. It really is, Susie. And another thing happened three months later. I have a car accident, so I could not walk. So I became disabled. For two months, I could not walk at all. And uh, after I started walking, two months later, I started walking. 
and about uh, 30 feet from me, uh, my next door neighbor, next to my fence, uh, shot himself, committed suicide just like my husband. He oh wants to shut his heart. Oh my word. 30 feet from me while I was baking. Uh, and that's when I got mad at God. Um, I questioned God why. And uh, I, that night, the same night, this was September 7, 1993. The same night, God gave me a dream. And the dream was I was knocking at my neighbor's doors with telling them about Jesus. And the next day, I decided to choose joy because I remember the verse within me during my life. So I said, God, I'm not going to be angry with you anymore because I was mad at God. I said, I, I want to serve you. So what can I do for you? All this listeners do not ask God what can you do for you. Because what did God tell you, Susie? Because it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And three weeks later, he answered the phone. He answered my 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 prayer and he said uh, we were passing by a bridge and then downtown Dallas from church and then while passing the bridge I heard a voice in my spirit he said look at your left side so I looked and then I saw 100 men and women approximately in living cardboard boxes and the voice said you go and help the homeless under the bridge wow you're like wait a minute no, those homeless, homeless slapped me across the cheek oh, and ate my, my food that came out of nowhere Guess what was my answer? <laughs> answer. Could you read that? That's the yes, it says, no, not me. And that is your newest <laughs> book. I love it, Susie. No, not, no, me. not me. No, that's so They're good. crazy people. They're violent. They're going to kill me. I'm not going. Yeah. And then mm. the boy said, you asked me. I repented. That was my road to Damascus experience. I heard the voice of God loud and clear. I, that was, uh, I really heard God's uh, speaking my spirit and I said oh God forgive me I would go what could I take to these needy people and the boy said blankets, blankets. So the next day I went to work with Jesus 24 hours from the time I heard God's voice I went to Baylor Hospital where I work as a nurse supervisor 3 to 11 shift so I went to work at 2.30 I called the store I said how much is a blanket he said $5 so I went to work and then I asked all doctors and nurses for $5 so they could give me Five dollars, so I could buy blankets, so I could give it to Thanksgiving. Because this was a book, so I have like one month to prepare. So by November, so I asked the doctors and nurses, and give me five dollars, please, so I could give it to the homeless. They don't have any covering under the bridge; it's just a, a box. I said, could you give them a Thanksgiving gift? So people started giving me checks, five dollars, forty dollars. So me and my mother every Saturday we go out in the Walmart and buy. The blankets in the pie, and then we got 100 blankets the next month. Under the bridges, the same bridge where they were sleeping in those cardboard boxes. And that's when the ministry started. So I became a blanket lady in Dallas. And what, what year was that? 1993. The same 1993. Year my wow. Wow. So, Susie, I'm just thinking to myself, there are lots of times people prayed just exactly what you did. Oh, God, what would you want me to do? And then, then they hear it and they go, wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. I didn't hear God. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or maybe they're really not listening. I mean, isn't that kind of a dangerous prayer if we're serious about it? It's dangerous. That's why I'm saying do not ask God. I think mm -hmm. it's dangerously good. We should ask God. There you go. You right, are right. not prepared. Do not ask him. Right. But if you're completely ready, hey, ask him and he'll answer. That's yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, are we ever really ready? Like sometimes it's that, it's that 
leap of faith. It doesn't make sense. And so I'm like, okay, here we go, God. So I know that that's you. You have this faith that is so, like I said in the beginning, grandiose. Um, I'm always awe-inspired by you. And and I know you through Christian Women in Media. Um, and when you get up to speak or or just whatever, you just, you reek uh, of the Holy Spirit, like you pray and you cry. And it's just, it's so contagious seeing the Holy Spirit in you. And, I, and so I just want to say thank you for, for heeding the call, because it was a tough answer uh, to swallow. And, I, and, and yet in 24 hours, you took massive action and you are an ultimate fundraiser, I must add. And you're talking to one right here, uh, Todd, for 40 some odd years. And so Susie can uh, raise the funds for for king, for kingdom business. And I well, love how are you what gonna you're resist? doing. How are you going to resist that phase? Come on. Exactly. She came so, up to me and asked blankets, me to say yes. Blankets, 1993 <laughs> blankets. And so now, Susie, uh, as your as your ministry has, God's ministry has evolved, let's kind of walk through that and how it has shaped up. Well, uh, we became now uh, so I became a blanket lady for eight years. I would deliver blankets to the homeless in the streets of Dallas with a gospel track tape on the top of the blankets with my mother. And every Saturday, we'd buy all the blankets. So for eight years, I did that. And then uh, after that, I got really, really tired because I had 500 blankets in my garage. It would fall on my head when I opened the door with uh, my car. And then my mother's area, it would fall on her head. I got tired. I said, God, I'm tired. I, I couldn't do this <laughs> I got too, too many blankets. The blanket lady's being buried under blankets. <laughs> yeah, I said, I got, because it was just me and my mother. I mean, give away this blanket, massive blankets. And then after that, I, the Lord knew my heart. He, he spoke to my spirit, the same voice I heard. He said, you're going to become non-profit. He said, I don't know how to do non-profit. Then two weeks later, my best friend called. She said, Susie, why don't you become a nonprofit? My husband, Nate, will set you up. So that's how we became a nonprofit because when God gives a vision, he gives a vision. So yes. he did that and he gave the so we became nonprofit in 2001. And then in 2004, uh, the first event in 2001, we distributed a thousand blankets during December. And we called it Birthday Bash for Jesus in downtown wow. Dallas. We saturated the whole downtown giveaway blankets to the homeless and the poor. And then about 54 people got saved in two hours. Oh. Wow. Wow. That's so business. amazing. Yes. And then after that, three years later, God gave me another vision. He said, you're going to have a birthday party for Jesus where the guest of honor will be the homeless. Because the Bible said, call the lame and the poor because the rich will not come to my party. That's in the Bible. Yep. So I said, why don't we have a Jesus birthday? And then call the lame, the poor. The prostitutes, the destitutes, the homeless, you know, those forgotten by society. Get them at the convention center, get the volunteers, get churches to come. So we became the bridge. Remember, my story started at the bridge. Now we're becoming the bridge, bridging mm -hmm. the gap between the homeless and the society, coming together into one, celebrating Jesus' birthday so people will come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And it touched the lives of the homeless. So amazing, Susie. And and yes, this is held once a year um, at the convention center. So tell us a little bit about this birthday party for Jesus. What does it look like for the homeless and, and how many volunteers show up and how many homeless show up and just kind of walk us through this. I'll tell you the first year. Yeah, we did not know what we were doing. So the first year, we didn't have any money. So 30 days before the event, I knelt at the foot of my bed. I said, Lord Jesus, it's going to be your birthday, 30 days from now. We only have $20 in the bank. 
We're going to the dollar store bucks, for your okay. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> in the back, the little boy broke his piggy bag and gave it to his mother. He said, give it to the homeless in Dallas. That was our only money in the bank. So wow. I knelt at the foot of my bed. I said, God, oh, Lord, it's going to be Jesus' birthday. We don't have any money. So your name is at stake. <laughs> oh, boy. Your name is at stake. You're in trouble. And the same night, I went to work as Street 11 supervisor failure at 8 p.m. I got a phone call from our fundraising committee chairman, Diane. And then said, Susie, I went to my friend this morning and I asked for money because we only have $20 in the bank. I choose a pretty rich person. She asked, uh, oh, what are you going to do with it? And Diane said, we would need to buy blankets, sleeping bags, clothes, toys, food. We need to pay the convention center. We need to rent buses so we could bus the homeless from Fort Worth to Dallas. So we need money. And, and uh, the old lady, her name was Daddy Thompson. She said, how much do you need? And Diane said, we need $100,000 right now because we only have 30 days left. And Daddy Thompson said, that's interesting. I wanted to give money to charity two weeks ago. I, I ended up in the hospital, so I wasn't able to give money. And that's exactly the amount I want to give. So I'm going to write $200,000 check. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Word. Praise God. Wow. $100,000. And that was the beginning oh. of a Christmas event, birthday party for Jesus, where the guests are the homeless in the poor. So a night before, the homeless would fall in line at the convention center. They look around the convention center a night before. And then in the morning, uh, homeless veterans go first with uh, uh, Marines and they go under the sword, you know, red carpet. And then they go to the, they go to evangelism, we share Jesus. Then they go to foot washing, we wash their feet. Stinkiest, smelliest, dirtiest feet in the world. That's your sin and mine, stinky, mm. smelly. Yeah, yeah. He's still going to wash it. And we wash it to emulate the character of Christ. So we do that and then they go to coats, sleeping bags, blankets, eyeglasses, dentists, lawyers, they go to an area where they could call home haircuts go home, home and then if they get reunited to a phone call we take them to the bus and pay 200 dollars per person for their ticket so they could go home and not be homeless oh. and then we follow up make sure they have jobs and then after that in the children's area we have zip line zip lines oh we my goodness Susie. wait a minute wait zip lines for the kids Okay. Zip lines for kids, bed, petting zoo, pony rides, oh. rock wall climbing. We have bounce houses. We have coats. We have shoes. We have foot washing. We have dentists. We have also glasses for children. Haircuts and, and the hair washing. And makeover, haircuts, makeover. We have yeah. even braided, braid, braid their hair. Oh, wow. And we do all of that. Right now, we started with 100,000 square feet. Now, we have 500,000 square feet. Times yeah. five since we started. This is our 19th. Year and 19th you year. Invited. You're invited. We're December going. 17th. Oh 17th. December 17th. Oh. Can we be there? We've got. Oh, we've I don't know, but we're going to have to be there at some point because I've heard such amazing things, and that's you know my home state and uh, next to my hometown, and I can't believe I haven't so been there people, yet. So how many people? How many people? Yeah. Come? How many homeless well, attend? The first event. Remember the first event. Ten thousand appeared at the door. Ten thousand eighty-five hundred homeless and poor, and fifteen hundred volunteers came. To the first event where that lady gave a hundred thousand dollars oh she started our ministry with that and guess what that was 2004 now it's 2000 oh, 2022 now her daughter went to ukraine with us last 
it came full circle. This family started it in 2004. The daughter restarted with uh, our international part. So by the way, Operation Care is not in Dallas only. We are 51 countries. Wow. Susie. So this, I mean, it's almost like uh, duplicated itself 51 times over well, different countries. When Jesus is going to have a party, there better yeah. be a party wow. globally. And and I'm just so thrilled. It's just, it's amazing. But but how many people um, attended just like, say, last year? Like, give us an update. Last of year, well, last year was the lowest because of pandemic. We okay, okay. So pre, pre-pandemic. Pandemic, about 15,000. Oh, 15,000. And then so how many volunteers? Up to 3,700. 3,700. Yeah, coming from the churches. Susie, are there other groups now who have used you as a model that are trying to do this in their cities? We have a list of 47 countries, and we just added because we went to Ukraine, Poland, Romania. So we are 51 now. We went to four countries just last few months, two months ago. And so we are 51 now. So like other states, we had 23 states and 51 countries. In 2020, the middle pandemic got, you know, God has given me a dream, another dream, that this birthday party will be replicated all over 200 countries and 50 states in one day. That's why it's called One Day Movement. Yes. In one day, the whole world will join forces together, and Jesus will be declared as Lord, where there will be evangelism, and then put washing. So we're going to give to the poor and also do evangelism. And guess what? The Lord told me we're going to pay them. Have party, so we're gonna give them money ten thousand per country, ten thousand per state, so they could have a party. And wow. it's a movement. So our operation care was given a massive vision. I don't know where to get the money, but anyway, that's God's vision. I have a feeling uh, God will uh, provide because you already said that the vision. Uh, is there because uh, he's put it on your heart, but he gives the provision. That's well, right. and I like that early prayer in the very beginning when you said, yeah. uh, so Lord, your name is at stake here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, but I just, oh. I, it happened today we were meeting, we have, we're having a staff meeting. I was in such, uh, because we don't have a, enough money for the December 17th coming up. So I was crying. I, I, I really, I, so I was asking God to just provide. He always provides, but you know, you go into this like, okay, Lord, there's only two and a half weeks left, and we don't have enough money. So how could we even pay our bills or even buy the coats that is needed? Because we don't want anybody to live without a coat or without a toy, without shoes, you know, brand new shoes. And we have to give away brand new, everything brand new, because it's a, you know, it's a birthday party. But I know God will provide. So... As what you said, I keep on trusting. So my prayer is that God will continue to give me a child like faith. And that I will have a faith like a master I've seen. Wow. Susan, wow, wow. Susie, you are so inspiring because you do have that childlike faith. And it is it is contagious. And if you are listening right now and you you hear Susie's tears, um, go to opcare.org and share. This is this is the week of the party that this episode is being aired. And so what better time yeah. to give? This yeah. is end of year, end of season. Um, you know, if you feel in your heart, this is this is a good place to give. Um, go to opcare.org. But yeah. Susie, that's not even why we had you on. I just I just felt like I, I needed to share that because someone may be prompted in their spirit to to share because what you have been um, doing with the homeless is what we, we all really want to do. We want to help, but we always think, well, how? How do I help? What do I do? Well, you're already doing it. 
So if we can, you know, you know, invest in what you're already doing, whether it's volunteering or with finances, that that's, that's yeah, I huge. think there are a lot of our listeners who oftentimes feel a little guilty because they know there are homeless in our community and they just don't know what to do. And they yeah. kind of feel like, well, someone's going to take care of it, yeah. I'm sure. Or, and yet, there's something that God calls each one of us to do, certainly yeah. to pray, uh, maybe open up our homes, go down and volunteer, but everyone can give a little yeah. something. So I'm just going to implore our audience right now, just get over to that website, just give a little something, whatever you can do. I don't even think you have to pray to ask God if you should give, you just pray and ask God, how much should I yeah. give? OPcare.org. Well, if uh, for $50, they could sponsor a homeless, they could receive blankets, sleeping bags, Coats and shoes and toys for their children and food yeah. and haircuts and all that and and uh, so how many homeless uh, person could give Christmas this Christmas? That's, That's good the question. And um, by the way, we have also like testimonies real quick. We have homeless people that came to us in the past. One guy came homeless and he was so he was so encouraged that he got out of homelessness after that. He found love inside our our event that now he's uh, uh, studying a PhD in a computer. And wow. another lady, homeless, lived in, the, in her car, now is opening a business in, uh, um, in pastries, uh, cooking business. Oh. We have a mother who lived under the bridge with three children, two years old, seven and nine, live under the bridge. And she asked me, could you please send me back home? And she said, I did not see you in the party. She called me a day after. So we sent her home. Now she is in an apartment with her children, and they're not homeless anymore in New York. And the children wow. are in school. So oh, praise God. Then we just arrived from Ukraine, and we served 5,000 uh, Ukrainian orphans and refugees. We gave away 5,000 uh, Bibles, and, and we went to four countries in uh, eight uh, days and 10 events, and about 500 got saved. In Ukraine, these are also homeless. Remember, orphans, they don't have any home. Their parents died in, in the war. Yeah, yeah. So we went there. So we are not just even local here. We are yeah. touching the world for Christ. Praise God. I thank the Lord for for the vision that he's put in you and the courage. Honestly, the courage it takes to step out uh, with that childlike faith to just go for it and and have great expectations because you are changing lives. You're making a difference. Not you, it's Jesus, but it's it's you taking uh, the initiative to to make this big birthday party for Jesus come to reality. And I just want to say thank you, Susie. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I really do. You're so special. Well, and I, I'm guessing you could fill up a library full of books with testimonies yeah. of lives that have been impacted uh, as a result of being cared for and loved. I mean, coming in to have, there's the book right there. What, this is another book. This is my first book. What does it say? Oh, does it say Mountaintop Miracles? Miracles. These are my miracles that happened in Israel, India, oh. Philippines, Dallas, and uh, Kenya. Nice. 31 Days Mountaintop Miracles. Yeah, 31 Days. Me. You can find this in Amazon. And these are all 31 miracles that happened. Beautiful. Life. Wow. We're going to get that one. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's, oh so that's so cool. Susie, um, honestly. You're, I'm you're just, just sitting here with my jaw hanging like, open. It's I like, feel like, I don't wow, know, uh, breathless over here. I mean, I I'm know. just kidding, but you know, <laughs> we got to step it up. I'm Todd. just afraid to pray that prayer that she prayed. <laughs> Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, I think that's <laughs> Who knows exactly. going to answer <laughs> <laughs> and I left my job actually. I left my six-figure income job eleven years ago. Wow. I am now full-time. Guess what? I also live in the street as homeless person. 
to, to also experience being homeless. So I did live in the street as a homeless by choice. Wait, say that wait, again. What? I don't know this part wait of your story. You, what? You actually you I decided to go. Yeah. So, you would, so, so you, you would know? So you would know. The Lord told me, yeah. said, you are going to become homeless for one day. Oh. Live in the streets. So I did. Yeah. And live in the streets with the homeless teenagers. I feel like that should be a requirement for everyone. Honestly, to go and spend time with the homeless for one day and not just at Jesus's birthday. That's part of it. But to actually Right, right. To that, I, I, I was afraid to be being killed or being raped or being uh, abused or whatever. And I did not sleep a wink, but it opened my eyes completely for the plight of the homeless. So I became more empathetic. I became yeah. more compassionate. So I, I thank God for what I have been through. I thank God for my trials and tribulations, for even for the suicide of my husband, because I know my husband now is with Jesus because he accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But for me, God changed my heart from being a person who hated, could not stand homeless person to now crying for the homeless, yeah. living in the streets as homeless. Beautiful. That just like God, too. Yeah. We'll take the very thing, you know, that we thought sort of justified in doing. I mean, you probably at that young age thought, well, I got every reason to hate these people. They eat my food. They slap me in the face. They're no good. And here God has you serving them washing and feet, loving uh, them, loving them, caring for them yeah. and helping them have opportunities to change their lives. And that is the very ministry that Jesus has called all of us to. Yeah. Oh man. We're, we're honored to know you, Susie, and, yeah. um, and to call you a friend. And I'm, I'm so excited for the big birthday party that's coming yes. up, uh, on it's December 17th, correct? December 17th, Saturday, Dallas convention center, 500,000 square feet of love, will be given away, and then you will meet amazing people there. You wash feet. Even Miss Texas would wash feet. She got a That's crown so cool. and she was washing feet. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's the way it should be. Oh, man. Or put that crown on their heads, right? So, um, Susie, you are an inspiration. I thank you for sharing your story with us. You have had massive, multiple biggest breakthroughs in your life. So I know that you've inspired a listener or two uh, or three or four as, as they are listening to your story. So thank you for spending the time. God bless you, my friend. And we can't wait to hear all about the party and to be at one soon. One verse, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Yes. 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 Amen. As we wrap it up, let's just um, kind of wrap it up on this. What's one word that would describe you, Susie? as we wrap up this episode. Obedient. Obedient. Amen. Obedient. It's a word for all of us. Faithfully obedient. All right. I love you, girl. Thank you so I much for being too. a part. All Thanks right. You, Take care. <clears throat> all right. Bye guys. Bye-bye. So yeah, if you want to learn more again or to give, go to um, opcare.org. And um, we highly recommend, and we're going to go there ourselves. Well, because the reality is most of us really do want to try and do something for yeah. for the homeless rather than just sort of write them off as, well, you know, they're out there because they want to be out there or they're losers or whatever. Yeah. What a, what a, what a shameful thing Yeah. versus just saying, how can I help God? You've given me this opportunity. You know, you're listening to this podcast for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what that reason is. You can figure that out with God, yeah. but I think all of us banding together can do a whole lot more than what we've been doing. Sure can. And that's our challenge to, to me and Wendy, to ourselves and to our listening family. 
Yeah. So um, thank you for tuning in. And I know you were inspired by Susie. Um, and um, we hope that you will tune in next week because we know there'll be another incredible breakthrough story that will encourage, motivate, and inspire you along your own journey. So again, thanks for tuning in and God bless. So glad you could join us today. And you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypet.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.